Section 15 of Women in Nineteenth Century. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April Gonzalez. Women in the Nineteenth Century and Conjured Papers Relating to Spare, Condition and Duties of Women by Margaret Fuller. Section 15. George Sand. When I first knew George Sand, I thought to have found tried experiment I wanted. I did not value Bettine so much. She had not pride enough for me. Only now when I am sure of myself, can I pour out my soul at the feet of another. In that short soul is kingly prodigality, in one which cannot forbear this merely babyhood. I love abandon only when nature is a capable of extreme reverse. I know Bettine would enter nothing. When I read her book, I knew she could not as live her life. But in Les Epcots de la La, which I read first, I saw the knowledge of the passion of the social institutions, with the celestial choice which rose above them. I love Helene, who could hear so well the dream voices, yet keep her eye fixed on the stars. That would be my wish also, to know all, and then choose. I even revered her, for I was not sure that I could have resisted the call of the now. Could have left the spirit and gone to God and at a more ambitious age I could not have refused a philosopher. But I hoped much to steadfastness, and I thought I heard the last tones of purified life. Gretchen, in the golden cloud, is raised above the past illusions, worthy to redeem and upbear the wise man who had stumbled into the pit of error while searching for truth. Still in Andre and Jacques, I trace the same high morality of one who had tried the liberty of circumstance only to learn to appreciate the liberty of law, to know that license is the foe of freedom, and though the sophistry of passion in these books disgusted me, flowers of purest hue seemed to grow upon a dark and dirty ground. I thought she had cast aside the slower of her past life, and begun a new existence beneath the sun of a new ideal. But here in the letters d'un voyager, what do I see? An unfortunate wailing her loneliness, wailing her mistakes, writing for money. She has genius, and a manly grasp of her mind, but not a manly heart. Will there never be a being to combine a man's mind and a woman's heart, and who yet finds life too rich to be over? Never. When I read Leon Leone, that counted Jewel's daughter's life with her mother, passing dressing and learning to be looked at when dressed, avec un front impossible, it reminded me of, and her mother, with a heroine she would be for Sam. She has the same fellow softness with Juliet, and a sportive naivet, a mixture of bird and kitten, and known to dupe of Leone. If I were a man and wish a wife, as many do, male as an ornament, a silken toy, I would take, as soon as any I know, her fantastic, impassioned, and musical nature would yield an exhaustible amusement. She is capable of the most romantic actions, while this falcon, voluptuous as a tuberose, Yet she has not in her elements of romance, like a deeper or less susceptible nature. My cold and reasoning, whether her one love lying, perhaps never to be unfolded, beneath such sheets of pride and reserve, would make a far better heroine. And her mother differ from Juliet and her mother, by the impulse a single strong character gave them. Even at this distance of time there is a light but perceptible taste of iron in the water. George Sand disappoints me, as almost all beings do, especially since I have been brought close to a person by the letters during Voyager. Her remarks on Lavater seem really shallow, a la mode de genre feminine, 
herself ruling as fascia she, but a frail woman, mourning over her lot. Any peculiarity in her destiny seems accidental. She is forced to this and to that to earn her breath, forsooth. Yet her style, without the deeply smouldering fires it burns, not vehement, but intense, like John Jack. End of section 15 Recording by April Gonzalez in Cavita, Philippines.